Today, we're going to talk all about the fourth biggest marketplace for Amazon in the world, Amazon Japan, and what an incredible opportunity is for sellers out there with two experts who've been living in Japan for years. Pretty cool, I think. Black Box by Helium 10 houses the largest database of Amazon products and keywords in the world outside of Amazon itself. We have over 2 billion products and many millions more keywords from different Amazon marketplaces, from USA to Australia to Germany and more. Use our powerful filters to search through this database for pockets of opportunity that you might want to get into with your first or next product to sell on Amazon. For more information, go to h10.me forward slash black box. Don't forget, you can save 10% off for life on Helium 10 by using our special code SSP10. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Series Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton. This is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the e-commerce world. And before we get started here with our guest, um, you know, the, this is 2023. People think some people do cultural appropriation and whatnot. So I have to explain for those of you watching on YouTube, my my Japanese yukata here, which is actually this right now, it's 11 p.m. almost Pacific time. And so like I usually work around this time and do podcasts for people who are in other time zones. And this is what I wear, guys, at, in my house every, you know, every night. For those who don't know, I actually used to be a sumo wrestler. Not professional, but amateur, uh, ranked number three in the United States. I've uh, been loving sumo wrestling, so I have my Japanese yukata here. This is what I wear in my house. And our guests are actually in Japan, which is why I'm doing a podcast at 11 p.m. my time. Anyways, uh, Gary and Nick. Uh, Nick, sashiburi. Genki desu ka? Sashiburi. Genki da yo. Sashiburi yonne. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, uh, that means kind of, kind of like long time no see because uh, Nick actually has been on the podcast, guys. So we're not going to go too much into his backstory. If you guys want to check out his origin story, make sure to check out episode 178 of the Serious Sellers podcast, 178, and then you could uh, learn about him. And then, Gary, I think this is the first time you've been on this podcast, perhaps? Correct, correct. I'm super excited to to finally be on here with you guys. You two are in Japan. Now, you know, you're not Japanese, so can you explain how uh, you're... What's your origin story? Like, like where, where were you born in America? Where were you born and how did you make it to Japan? Definitely. Uh, I won't give you my life story, but uh, long story short, I was born and raised in L.A., Los Angeles, California. Went to USC, uh, lived there for like Trojan. the first. Like, yeah, USC Trojan. I got my Dodgers cap on for those of you guys that can see. Um, and then, you know, I got started in e-com in the mid-2000s, early, very early on back when eBay was the biggest player I was selling, um, you know, I was wholesale. I got my products from a local wholesaler in LA. I imported from China. I started selling women's shoes, women's footwear. Uh, that was my first product back in the eBay days. Um, I moved out to Asia in 2008. I moved out to China because at that time, China was blowing up with the Beijing mm -hmm. Olympics. And then at the same time, global financial crisis hit the US. Uh, so I wanted to make a move. I, I was just like fascinated with all the the hustle and bustle in Shanghai. It's like New York City on steroids. Mm. Uh, but why am I in Japan? I, yes. I mean, fast forward, um, 2019. Okay, so through that 11 years in China, I 
I was working in sourcing. I was working for a consulting firm. I was like the point person um, for foreign clients sourcing products from China. So I literally visited hundreds of Chinese factories, seeing the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, you know, I blog about it through my one of my websites, eighty twenty sourcing, um, and then I you know pivoted to Amazon because you know back in about twenty fifteen sixteen you know I heard the podcast you know like all the the old, the OG guys that we used to listen to and I was on the ground in China so I kind of put two and two together mm-hmm. so uh, I put the sourcing and the ecom together in China. Um, fast forward to twenty nineteen, it was um, you know got married, had a young child. Um, we were we were too, like too freezing in Shanghai, so we wanted to go to Southeast Asia. Uh, so we left China before the pandemic. We never knew what was going to happen, and pandemic hit. Uh, long story short, we were too scared to go back, um, and we left. You know the Japanese culture. Um, you know my wife is from China. She had uh, a Japanese visa. You know, and we visited Japan like yearly. So we we're like, why not go to Japan? You know, just wait it out. So we we ended up waiting in Japan in Okinawa for two and a half years oh, wow. uh, during the pandemic. Um, but I mean, Okinawa is a beautiful place, super friendly people. It's like the Hawaii of Japan. I don't know if Bradley, if you've been there, um, it's, it's an awesome place. And, so, uh, Okinawa, um, you know, during the past. Yeah. yeah that, that's, um, one of the, pl- I used to live in, I've lived, um, near, near Tokyo and that, you know, when I was, you know, when I was little and then in all the way North yeah. and Aomori, but never, never have lived, mm. visited or anything to Okinawa. So I definitely want to go. Yeah. You know, I continue doing the online summits, the Seven Figure Seller mm-hmm. Summit, because at that time people couldn't travel, um, and you know, we were just very fortunate. You know, we we got like two, three thousand people to come on to our online events for Amazon sellers, um, and then you, we won a number of awards for favorite Amazon conference. But um, you know, fast forward to today, you know, now the world's opening mm-hmm. up, and you know, we're just talking. You know, Bradley was in Japan just a few yep. months ago. And um, everything's opened up in Japan, you know, conferences. And I was talking to Nick. I mean, Nick is known as the Japan guy. He's been selling in Japan so many years, seven-figure seller. And we put two and two together. We thought, you know, there's a big opportunity here in Amazon Japan. You know, it's the number four biggest Amazon marketplace, but almost nobody is talking about it, which is, you know, it's kind of ridiculous. You know, people are talking about, like, you know, smaller markets. I mean, no disrespect, but like UAE and you know, like, you know, Holland or Poland, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? I mean, Japan's much bigger than that, but a lot of people are just intimidated. So we thought, you know, why not do an Amazon conference in Japan, like on the ground here in Tokyo, where people can, you know, be on the ground, they'll learn from these seven-figure Japan sellers like Nick, and we have some eight-figure sellers, and we have a, a lot of experts as well. So um, that's kind of our story, you know, okay. to, to put together this conference to, to sell in Japan, which you know, we think it's a huge opportunity right now. Now, Nick, you know, uh, when you were on the episode, I remember, you know, you, you had, or actually, no, that's a lie. I, I don't remember anything. I'm looking at the uh, my notes from the old podcast. I don't remember what I did last week, let alone an episode two, two, two years ago. So I, I don't lie. So I'm going to say I'm looking at my notes and, you know, you, you had sold hundreds of thousands of dollars at that time. I think this was uh, about 2020. You know, uh, Gary just mentioned one of the figures, which which I have heard too, that Japan is, is the fourth biggest like Amazon marketplace, uh, I believe. Um, you know, it goes U.S. and then Germany and then kind of, you know, sometimes U.K., sometimes, you know, Japan for three and four. Are, are there any other like facts and figures about just, you know, e-commerce in Japan, Amazon in Japan that you could throw out that that helps kind of like set people's minds that, hey, you know, e-commerce in Japan is definitely a thing and something that people should be paying attention to? So, I mean, as, as you mentioned, uh, for an Amazon seller, uh, Amazon Japan is the fourth largest marketplace or the third mar- largest marketplace. Basically, the yen has taken a dive, took a dive 
uh, last year. And so when you look at the Amazon figures, uh, the currency, it dropped about, uh, I think, about 20%. So that probably factors into it. So it's about the size of the UK. So if you think about it, it's about the size of the UK. So it's third, maybe fourth. Um, but it's double the population of the UK. So that's pretty good. So we're talking about future or possible sales. You've got double the number of people to sell to if you're already selling in the UK. Um, and also, it's not just the fourth largest Amazon marketplace. It's the fourth largest e-com marketplace in the mm. world. So, I mean, if that doesn't you know, give you an idea that maybe you should at least be looking at it, then I don't know what, <laughs> All right. basically. So, yeah, in a nutshell, I just, yeah, fourth largest marketplace, fourth largest e-com marketplace, third highest GDP in the world. Uh, population double the size of the UK. I mean, those are probably the main stats that I would think of off the top of my head. Can I just add to that? Because I'm coming to Japan almost with fresh eyes. You know, I lived in Okinawa for two and a half years. We just landed in Tokyo a few weeks ago. You know, here in Tokyo, Amazon is, um, you know, they have the prime delivery. They have like same day delivery. So you can order anything. You can order like groceries. Um, you know, we're furnishing our new apartment. You, as you guys may know, as Bradley probably knows, when you move into a new apartment, it's just like a bare wooden floor and two air conditioning units and that's it. So I'm ordering like a refrigerator, a TV, um, you know, shelves and, you know, like linens and stuff like that. You can order am- everything. Amazon's the biggest marketplace online in Japan. You know, it's they overtook Rakuten. So it's prevalent. You see like the Amazon drivers, you know, like delivery guys everywhere. So, you know, it's, it's very, you know, you know, it's growing very quickly and it's, you know, it's, it's everywhere. Now, now, one of the things that gets me excited um, when I think about the Amazon Japan opportunity is amongst the sellers. Culturally, it's very strange to me because they pretty much don't use tools. The, the, the great majority. Now, now there's, you know, Helium 10 has had functionality in, in for Amazon Japan in a couple of years. There's other smaller tool companies from China and other places who do it. But like the majority of the large and, you know, from small to large, it's funny. Like, you know, people in America for Amazon USA has been using tools since, you know, Helium 10 was definitely not the first tool in America. People have been using other tools, um, you know, since before Helium 10 was around, even in 2015, 2016. But it's almost like, like, you know, I don't know if it's a trust thing where they do, they don't think or they don't think they need it. But to me, like if I go into Japan and and I have access to like you know let's say Helium Ten Cerebro, where I can just instantly put in my competitor's ASIN and know all the keywords where they're ranking for and stuff, it seems like I can have a nice advantage that I don't have necessarily in these other marketplaces where I think the sellers overall seem to be more sophisticated. Am, am I completely is this old information or is this kind of accurate from what you've seen, uh, Nick? So you're right. There aren't very many tools for foreigners. There are tools for Japanese people that are used. They're not particularly good and they're rather pricey. Um, but half of the sellers on Amazon Japan, or the ha- half of the third-party sellers are Chinese, and, uh, and, and, and they certainly have tools. So they know. Now, this question is for either of you, you know, along the same topic of, of selling Japan and, and talking about Chinese sellers or other uh, you know, gaikokujin sellers, you know, foreign sellers. I remember culturally... Not that it's necessarily some bad racist thing or something, but there isn't there kind of like an aversion for like ma- foreign made products. Like don't the the culturally don't Japanese people favor heavily made in Japan products, and so if they see listings that where it's maybe obvious that it's not you know like it's done by a uh, you know like whether it's China whether it's USA. Maybe it's not that great of a thing um, because, you know, like in America, we, we have that, of course, we're used to, you know, as a buyer, you look at some list and you're like, like, ah, th- th- this, 
the English is not even correct. Like, but ha, I don't care. I'm still going to buy it. You know, it's got five stars and it's cheap. I'll get it. But is that the same in Japan or, or do they really favor more domestic products more than like say USA or Germany or something like that? The Japanese love domestic products. They love Japanese made products, but Japan has been, um, I wouldn't say been in a recession for 30 years, but the, the country hasn't really grown in 30 years. So Japanese people aren't as rich as people think they are. They were, they were rich 30 years ago, but it's pretty much the same now. Japanese want high quality. They want the best products. They want Japanese products and they want cheap products. And unfortunately that just doesn't match mm -hmm. up. So, um, and I wouldn't say that they don't like foreign brands. They love foreign brands. Uh, I think if they were to choose between a Japanese brand, they would choose a Japanese brand in most circumstances, to be honest. But there aren't very many Japanese brands that are competing on Amazon, to be honest. The price is just unfortunately too high. So foreign brands, they do really like. What they really, really hate is made in China. And I think the difference in America, for example, if it was made in America, in America, American buyers would like that. But if they knew something was made in China, they wouldn't really say too much about it in japan they tend to buy the cheap product that is clearly made in china and they'll just they'll just you know they'll just leave it the worst review and the review will but will just say basically in japanese of course it's made in china that phrase in japanese i just keep seeing again and again and again in reviews for products i'm looking to buy myself people say of course it like it broke of course it's made in china you know it wasn't that good of course it's made it's just this this China bashing is absolutely insane. So but never, they're still buying it. Which is the reason why you don't want to translate your listing. But they're that? still buying yes. it. <laughs> I know, because they bought the cheap one. If they wanted to buy the good one, they could have bought the Japanese one, but they didn't want to pay the money. So so then, so so then would uh, a kind of great opportunity be like, hey, let, let's, you know, regardless of where we're from, whether we're from China, whether we're from USA, whether we're from, uh, you know, Germany, UK, we get that same product from that same factory in China, but we figure out how to make a nice optimized for the Japanese people listing where maybe I use a native translator or something and they might not even yes. know it's made in China. Would, would that be the opportunity then? Yes, that's the opportunity. So basically you want to, you want to use branding. So you don't ever want to have a bad listing because if you, if you, even if you're like an American brand and you have a listing done badly mm -hmm. and it kind of reads like it was written by a Chinese seller, that's not good. But if you if you show that you're a Chinese brand, if you're a Japanese, sorry, an American brand, a UK brand, a German brand, they love that. That's good. Have a proper listing. Make sure it's written properly, um, and then you are you are well away. Okay. Um, as I, I come back to the fact Japanese people do love Japanese brands, sure. but there really aren't very many uh, competitively priced on Amazon, so they don't have that choice. Um, but they are willing to pay more for brands. Generally, Amazon Japan is not a great place for expensive products. Um, it's not a high kind of it's not a high ticket marketplace to be honest so products are around about the well, under say about 40 bucks around the 30 buck mark is is 20 to 30 is is very very good on japan you've got a good product you've got good branding you show that you're a foreign brand it's really only china that's a problem um i never see them comment oh of course it's a uk brand or of course it's a foreign well, brand well, well, what is that, that in japanese what, what do they actually use. say uh, yeah, 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 buddy, oh, yeah, yeah, buddy, yeah, buddy. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. I got it. Yeah, buddy, which means yeah. of course, <clears throat> of course, it's Chinese. And you'll you'll see yeah. that comment. I, I did a presentation uh, a couple of years ago, and I, I actually printed out a bunch of these reviews that I had just found looking for products myself. I mean, it's clearly, it's clearly a Chinese product. It's clearly, and iPhones, 
I think Japan still has the highest share of iOS to Android. And everybody knows they're made in China, but still, because it's an American yep. brand, it totally passes. So that would be a good yeah. example of if you've got your branding right, it's not a problem if it's made in China because they do know that. And that's why it annoys me when you see the reviews sure. because it yeah. was obvious. If you, if you spent, you know, 10 bucks on something and the next, and then like another, you know, Japanese version is 40 bucks, you'll be able to work it out, you know? Yeah. And if I can just add to that, I, I think the perfect example of, you know, Japanese consumers, like their attitudes towards Chinese products is with Daiso, like worth like the hundred yen or the dollar shop. I mean, most all of those products are made in China, but that's still the most popular shop in the shopping mall. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone's getting all of their kitchen stuff, all their bathroom stuff there. And maybe like, you know, some of them are going to break, but, you know, most of them people are perfectly happy with. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's like what Nick said. And so long as, you know, the quality is good, like the, the branding, the marketing, I mean, made in China or not. I mean, of course, people like would prefer their own, you know, made in their own country, but like people are very pragmatic, I find, you know, like looking for reasonable type products. I think that's, that's, um, you know, one of the, the keys to the Japanese consumer mindset. You know, speaking of listings, uh, Gary, you know, like you've lived there for a while. Like, are you, can you read uh, Kiragana and Kanji now? I'm, I mean, I'm still working on it. I'm still learning it. Um, but I think that the beauty of selling in Japan is, you know, I'm selling on Japan, even though I, I'm totally not fluent in Japanese. Yeah. I mean, I'm, maybe I can know enough to order food in a restaurant, mm -hmm. but you know, those nuances, like I'm still not there yet, but, you know, I have uh, a Japanese virtual assistant, you know, she helps out and I've hired an agency to help localize the listings into Japanese. So even if you don't speak Japanese like me, I mean, you can still sell into Japan, right? I think it's like a lot of people are just like scared of these challenges, but I think, you know, we always can find ways around them. And as an entrepreneur, if you can get past these challenges, like the same challenges that kept everybody's else out you know now it's like a moat around your business because yeah. most people you know they're not willing to to overcome that so um but yeah i'm i'm still working on my japanese man i i gotta get better with that well the reason i'm asking is you know you just mentioned you know you're moving into a place and you're buying tons of stuff on amazon you know for your new place so how are you searching like like is there like a romazi uh a, 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 a you know english character mode of Japan, like for example, in America, yes. people can switch the Amazon.com yeah. to Spanish yeah. or something and it translates. Yes. So is that like how you okay. as a foreigner or as an English speaker are shopping? Okay. Okay. So I lived in Japan for like over two and a half, almost mm -hmm. three years now. When I go to Amazon, I'm ashamed of this and Nick is probably going to laugh at me, but I just turn on English mode and I just search in English. I can find my rice cooker. I can find like, you know, my whatever, right? But the other thing is I, I, I have a, a Japanese uh, virtual assistant. So, and she's a Japanese mom and, you know, I can ask her, okay, so, you know, we're moving to a little Japanese Tokyo apartment. Can you recommend the nice refrigerator to get? I, I can't get like a gigantic one. It's not going to fit. Right. So, you know, she, she, you know, talks to her friends and she makes recommendations to me. I'm like, okay, let's just go with that. You know, I'm not going to spend hours into that. So, I mean, I think it's like, you know, as entrepreneurs, right. We got to think creatively outside the, outside of the box, you know, and, um, but yeah, that's what I okay. do. Uh, PPC costs. I remember, you know, back in the day, whoever I talked to who was selling in Japan is like, oh my goodness, it's so cheap compared to like America. And I, you know, American prices have kind of skyrocketed. Is that, uh, Nick or, or whoever, um, is that still kind of like the case where if you're comparing apples to apples, uh, cost per click is less in Japan due to less competition? Yes. <laughs> I love to hear it. 
Yes. Um, so a couple of things. So one, PPC cost is definitely lower. I sell in a lot of marketplaces and Japan is by far the cheapest. And the second thing is that kind of coming back to what we were saying, half the foreign sellers are um, uh, Chinese, or half the sellers, uh, half of the uh, third party sellers are Chinese. A lot of them aren't brands, so they don't have the branded spots. So the accounts that we run, the first thing we, we always do is to run the, um, the sponsored brand ads, a headline ad, because you have to have a uh, brand registry for that. And lots of, um, lots of sellers don't have that. Now, I remember a few years ago, there was just one small thing like, like I, didn't, I don't have to have, like you said, I don't have to have a company or a bank account, but do I have to have like like an agent or something like that of, of a, who's like my, I don't know if it was an importer of record the, the or something importer like that. importer of record, right. Okay, can, can you talk about, about what that is and, and how difficult or easy it is to get that? So there was a big crackdown about two years ago, I think, where a lot of the goods coming into Japan, the customs office was stopping them and were charging sellers based not on the not on the shipping invoice value, which is obviously the cost of goods for anyone importing it, but they were they were charging duty based on the selling price of the goods because they, they were claiming that the goods um, were basically going directly to the customer. So the customer buying on Amazon is essentially the person importing it. So they so duty needs to be paid on the selling price. So if it's 10%, it's 10% of, you know, 30 bucks, whatever, not your cost of goods. So there was a big crackdown. Um, if you were based in Japan, there wasn't a problem. So we were kind of caught up in this crackdown. We had to submit lots of documents every time we had sea shipments coming in. Air was always a lot easier. We didn't ever have to pay those higher prices because we are based in Japan. But it did cause problems for a lot of um, foreign sellers. Uh, recently, and, that, and there are kind of ways to get around it, by the way. But you need to speak to somebody who is familiar with importing into Japan. Don't use a, uh, a company that says they can do Japan. They probably can do Japan, but they're not going to do it. It's going to cost you more money. What are some other differences of selling Japan or some kind of like quick hitting strategies that you can give people who are, hey, I'm ready to go and, and sell in Japan. What do I need to do to succeed? I think one of the differences is when it comes to compliance and testing for products that you import to Japan because Japan has their own set of compliance laws. I, I don't mean Amazon Japan. I mean like, you know, Japan customs. So for example, um, one of the products that I'm selling in the U.S. is a kitchen product. And then anything that, you know, touches food that's sold in Japan, you have to have compliance testing done. And then it can't just be any laboratory. It has to be like a especially, you know, Japanese uh, customs approved laboratory. So you have to make sure you find the right laboratory to do that testing. I think that's one important. So like difference. a charcuterie board, um, it touches food. Like with, with yeah, that, I, even anything, that I would have to get, um, yes, yeah. uh, approval. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I sell charcuterie yeah. boards in America. I don't have to do food. anything, <laughs> you know, but that's it. That's, that's good to know. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. yeah so if you want to sell in Japan, you got to make sure that, you know, it, it will pass the test with the compliance. Um, and, the, I think the other thing, like something else that not a lot of sellers are aware of is like in Japan, like the peak seasons, like there's different uh, differences. You know, it's not like the U.S. with like, you know, Christmas time. You know, there's like other seasons in Japan that could be very popular. You know, one of the products that I sell is um, like an outdoor, like, you know, kids toy product. And then uh, I was very surprised that, you know, it. I thought it would be very popular in the summertime when the weather is nice. But actually, it's very popular around New Year's because culturally Japan has like, you know, this thing they do around, um, you know, the, the school kids do around New Year's and they, they use this product. So, you know, you got to kind of like dig a little bit 
deeper below the surface. Um, don't, I mean, the tools are great, but I mean, don't just rely on the tools. You mm -hmm. got to go a little, you know, one step further. if You really want to succeed in Japan. Okay. Nick? Well, if you break it down, so break it down. So we've kind of been through pretty much everything, but to kind of just put everything together. First of all, check if the product sells in Japan. So Helium 10, check there. Look on Google, look on YouTube, see how your product will be used, get an idea. Okay, that's the first thing. I can see that the product is used in Japan. I've got a chance here. Mm -hmm. Second thing, speak to an importer. Make sure if you've got anything you need to do for your products. That's the second thing. Really, really important. You clear that, um, make an account. That's really, really quick. Transfer brand registry, really, really quick. It's the same as doing any other marketplace. Then um, get your listings made up by somebody who knows what they're doing. <laughs> I can't stress enough. Yeah. I mean, because we help sellers, we've had a lot of people who have had translations done by professional translation agencies, but they didn't know Amazon and it just wasn't done right, didn't have the keywords in the right place. So make sure you, you use a translator who knows Amazon and then send your products and that's it. So check if they sell. Speak to an importer and find out if there's any regulations. Get a good listing, a sound listing made. Put Japanese on your uh, images. Over the last for the last two years now, you can have you know images per country, which is really really useful. Uh, and then send and sell. I mean, there's that's that's it. That's that's the most important stuff to do for the brands we do. I kind of like to have an actual image um, one of, on one of the images or in a plus that says we've got Japanese support and then a photo of a Japanese mm. support person. Cause that really helps Japanese people to relax about a product, knowing that they'll be able to speak to somebody in Japanese about it, but that's not absolutely required, but you can get a VA, uh, wages in Japan are very, very cheap. So, um, you can look up on any of the usual sites to get a VA for Japan. We've alluded to this event happening in April. Can you give us a date and give us an overview of what this is about? who should go, um, how people can can find out about it, et cetera. Yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, Nick and I were talking because, you know, we're kind of like Amazon buddies here in Japan. And, you know, Nick has helped me a lot. And I think if someone like me can do it, even if I, if I don't speak Japanese and, you know, even Amazon Seller Central in Japan has English. So you don't even need Japanese language to navigate Seller Central. So I think that's why... I think it's a great opportunity right now. And I'm putting together this conference. I mean, it's the, basically the first ever Amazon selling conference held in Japan. And nobody's ever done this before. And it's going to be in April, April 4th to the 5th. It's a two-day in-person event in Tokyo. And um, it will be two full days with talks from eight-figure sellers selling in Japan, seven-figure sellers like Nick. And, you know, we talked about an import of record. We'll have a legit... Japanese import of record working with hundreds of sellers. So, you know, they can ask me, they can answer any question you have about that. And they'll be in the room with you. We'll have compliance testing experts to answer your questions about charcuterie boards, you know, what kind of exact tests you need. And we'll have, you know, Japanese localization experts. We'll have, you know, basically A to Z, everybody, you know, PPC experts. Um, SEO experts and, you know, people like Nick, right? People that have done it before, you know, we didn't even talk about like external marketing in Japan. I mean, like Facebook mm -hmm. isn't very popular. There's, you know, another Japanese native, um, you know, marketing platform that, you know, sellers are using to build an audience, you know, to, to get more reviews, right? To launch to, right? There's all these unique strategies, you know, about Japan. So that's why we, um, we created this event. And um, yeah, I, I, even, and we're, we're talking with, um, 
with Amazon, uh, both Amazon US and Japan. And, you know, they've, you know, they're getting involved. They're sending someone from their Amazon ads department to fly all the way from Seattle to Tokyo to teach everybody here. Um, and then, so I think it's, it's going to be an awesome event. Um, first one of its kind. And if you really, I mean, if you're already selling in Amazon US, if you're already selling in Amazon EU, um, if you want to sell into Japan, you know, you can carry over your reviews. I, uh, I don't think Nick actually mentioned this. This is like one of the, the big, um, you know, big selling points, right? If you have like your listing has like, you know, 2000 reviews in the US, you can bring that over into Japan instantly. And, you know, from day one, zero sales history, your listing has 2000 reviews, right? And then the reviews threshold in Japan is a lot lower yeah. than it is in the US and EU. So you'll, you know, from day one, you'll be at an advantage. And that means, you know, lower PPC costs, you have the social proof. So you're going to, you know, hit the ground running. So we think, you know, it's a great opportunity right now um, in Japan. And, you know, we also have some cool stuff, you know, b beyond just the conference, like in the evening, uh, it's going to be during the, the Sakura, the cherry blossom season. So I'm sure Bradley, you're very familiar with this, um, you know, in, in Tokyo, um, you know, after work, like it's kind of like a custom for like salary men, salary women to go to the local park underneath the cherry blossom trees at night and go drinking. So we're going to deliver this experience, you, Japan experience. You can't get anywhere else in the world. So, and only you know, in April. April. It's evening. not like you can go any time yeah, of the year in Japan in to do this. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I think there's maybe just a few week window. So, you know, we timed the conference to coincide with that. So there's going to be a cherry blossom, you know, social night out in a Tokyo park. We'll have Japanese sake, whiskeys, you know, sushi, bento boxes, good times. And that way you can you know, both talk to other sellers, you know, other speakers and get a flavor for Japanese culture that, you know, is you, you can't get anywhere else in the world. So, you know, we're, we put a lot of planning, a lot of thought into this and, you know, we hope to to invite sellers, um, you know, that are serious about selling in Japan to, to join us in April in Tokyo. Awesome. So, uh, guys, if you want more information, go to h10.me forward slash Japan. Uh, that'll take you to the uh, website h10.me forward slash Japan. Um, and and just, uh, you know, Nick, uh, what is what is the current situation about getting to japan obviously japan was one of the last countries in the world to, to finally open up to tourism i just went there a couple months ago I, I i already forgot what i had to do it wasn't like anything major i know i didn't have to quarantine or anything but i it wasn't like five years ago where i could just you know show up at the airport and show them my passport and, and i'm good to go like there is a couple of of entry requirements but how how is it now in 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 you know uh, february march april what, what what's the situation I actually just returned to Japan about three and a half weeks ago with my family. So my wife and I and our four-year-old son. Um, basically, I mean, this could change because this is changing rapidly. Um, the government, the Japanese immigration wants to check to make sure you're vaccinated. So there's this online mm, okay. website that you have to go through to upload, um, I think, your, your vaccination form. And then after that, you just get a QR code on your phone. So once you enter, once you land in like Tokyo the airport, you have to like show them that code and then you go through customs. So it is going to take a little longer, guys. I don't know with Bradley when you came in, but there was a long line mm -hmm. um, with my friends that came, you know, just the last couple of weeks, there was a long line at the airport. But beyond that, once you get through, I mean, that's it. I mean, there's no quarantine. There's nothing. In, um, yeah. I mean, people still wear masks on the street, but, you know, if you sit down in a cafe, you know, everyone's just like, you know, just working they're talking with their friends, just like as normal. So, um, there's, there's no quarantine at all. Cool. Cool. And guys just, yeah, you know, I think we might've alluded it to, uh, earlier, but 
the exchange rate is insane right now. Like when I went to Japan a few weeks ago, like I don't remember in the last 30 years, it being that cheap for me. Like when I was just doing my, my currency. It, it hasn't been that low. I yeah. was just like, what <laughs> am I like in, you know, like in one of these countries that you would think is like, you know, a, a cheaper one. Like, cause you know, I think we, we usually think Japan is like, oh, it's more expensive and everything. But I was like taxis and trains and the, vending machines like everything i was like this is so cheap whenever i use my currency calculator i was like this is crazy so guys this is a a great time to uh go to japan for sure now uh completely switching gears here but this is something i've been asking a lot of our guests if not all of the guests here in 2023 something new um is just you know we're all in the e-commerce world and and it's important that sometimes we have like outlets to to kind of like you know uh, unplug ourselves from e-commerce, whether it's hobbies, uh, whether it's uh, diet, exercise, something to stay healthy, you know, healthy mind, healthy body. You, both of you live in Japan. Talk to me about uh, your habits. Like, do you guys do, what, what do you do for fun over there in Japan? What do you do uh, to stay, to stay uh, fit? I think like my weight is probably both of you guys combined. So obviously you guys are doing something better than <laughs> Uh, th than me, I, I, I'm beyond my former sumo weight <laughs> uh, now. But anyways, go ahead. Go on, Gary. Um, <laughs> I've I've actually been slacking, guys, because I literally like three weeks ago we just moved our whole family, so we've been apartment hunting. What do I do to stay fit? Um, I mean, back when I lived in Okinawa, I had downtime. I would go running and I would go like. I would even go like you know snorkeling in, in okay. you know, on the beach, but yeah, in Tokyo, I I can't even find time to go to a proper gym, so I I uh, can't really hobby answer that hobby though it doesn't right have to now. be about fitness. Uh, hobby, I'm actually I'm learning Japanese, and one of my good friends, I you know asked him how do you learn Japanese. He's like watch TV, so I'm watching like I'm binging on like Netflix Japanese, like you know like midnight diner like all those like you know those like like izakaya mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like food shows that that that's me right now love it love it nick what about you uh i i, I go to the gym a lot i get up at five uh i go to the gym come back take my dog for a walk at the park and i'm still in the office by nine so uh i go to the gym about five times a week and uh and i kiteboard if anybody knows me i've i've been in the kiteboarding uh, industry or was in industry for many years, uh, and I still kite on the weekends. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm fairly active. I guess. Cool. All right, guys, remember you have to be at my age. Wherever you, wherever you're listening to this in the world, whether you're in Japan, America, Timbuktu, um, have find a hobby, guys. Don't 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 be that person who who just sits in front of their computer 16 hours a day, uh, and and you know optimizes your listening, uh, you know all day long. You you got to have something to kind of like unplug. Uh, yourself from from work and so you know mental health is is important as 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 is physical health so get some uh get some hobbies and and uh you know look forward to see what you you're gonna find there uh gary in um in tokyo there's definitely a lot uh definitely a lot to do uh in that in that area all right guys well um i sure. i i'm not sure yet if i can, am going to make it i'm actually going to be spending a month in japan sometime either in april or may i'm just not sure if i can make it that early uh, to this show, I'm, I'm going to take my family, take my parents as well. Um, but, you know, I'd say that right now there's a 50-50 chance. You guys, if you guys go to the, this uh, conference in Japan, you might see me uh, there. But regardless if I go or not, I, I highly recommend uh, checking this out because, you know, as we've talked about on this show, you know, opportunity in Japan is ripe. And um, it's not going to be like that forever. 
guys. You know, it's 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 going to get harder, just like any marketplace does as it matures. So it's a great time to to get into it. And so you know, check out this conference, um, and so you can you know kind of like have a crash course in in learning what is needed um, to be successful there. So uh, any last words of wisdom from either of you before we go? I think Bradley, what you said, right? Yeah, I mean, we're like we're the first movers. I mean, there's so few sellers in Japan compared to the rest of the world. I mean, and nobody's, I mean, people have told me like they're coming because they can't find this stuff online, guys. They're, they've been spending months in every single partner that you need, like the IOR, the compliance testing, the localization experts, other sellers, they're all going to be there and, and like-minded entrepreneurs. So I think, you know, that's going to be huge. And I think the other thing is uh, we hope that Bradley can come. I, I hear you're famous for doing like some Zumba like class or something well, we would love to have that here in tokyo that would be amazing maybe we can do it you know under the the cherry blossoms i mean that that would be like a viral thing on i'll see if media. i can put on a can, edit but. into this video um 15 years ago i actually did a i i did a, like a master class tour of zumba in japan and i did a um a flash mob on the streets of uh tokyo there uh there you go crazy. so w- amazon do, do, seller uh, flash mob two, man let's let's there do you it. go 2023 Let's do it. All right. Well, uh, Tabunet Nihonde, you know, Aimasho. So maybe I'll see you guys uh, in Japan. And thank you so much for lending your knowledge. And um, I hope, uh, I hope you know, you guys have success in all you do. And 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 I hope this uh, conference, I know this conference will be successful. So hopefully I'll see you there. All right. Thanks so much, Brad.